Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. So that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And right now, my friend, I'd like you to pause a moment. How are you feeling? How did you feel when you got up this morning? Did you wake up singing and bellowing joyful tunes that turned your teenage daughter crimson with embarrassment? And have you got both serenity and energy in that bucket body of yours? And just think a minute. Now, what do you think? Do you think that high achievement is going to bring you all that? Is that going to bring you your sense of body, mind, and soul well-being? Well, today's guest, Megan McNeely, says no way, and she should know. She herself has had a meteoric rise uh, in the financial realm. But what Megan does say, and is going to prove to you right now, is that the opposite is true. If you discover and cultivate a sense of personal well-being within your whole life, that, my eager, ambitious friend, is the surest key to success. And using the examples of today's top business talent, Megan illustrates this in her marvelous book, Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. So whether you're battling a pro personal illness like Melinda, or you're simply just seeking every advantage to drive yourself forward like Charlie. Pull up your chair and join us for this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Megan, I'm so glad that you could break free from your frenetic uh, speaking schedule and come breathe a sense of tranquility into me and all our uh, other individuals listening in. Oh, thank you, Bart. I'm so happy to be here. Really love the intro. That was epic. Mm-hmm. Well, Megan, uh, in your thoughtful and instructive Reinvent the Wheel, you've split the body, the mind, and the soul in, into three distinct categories, each to be sort of fed and cared for by six spokes or avenues of fulfillment. And this sounds to me sort of like you're treating marketing, production, and accounting in a company as separate entities needing separate healings. Do, when do they become blended as a, and formulate a stronger whole, or don't they need to be? Well, I think, Bart, that when we ask people about well-being, for instance, your listeners or yourself or myself, and when I certainly um, was first diagnosed with a stress-related illness, I was diagnosed with severe uh-huh. rheumatoid arthritis. I think that we think of well-being, I know, we think of well-being um, the first thing that comes to mind to most people is, oh, you know, Bart, I could eat better, I could sleep better, I could, uh, I don't know, probably exercise. And then it pretty much ends there. And what I, what I learned through my healing journey is that it's much more complicated than that. And so I created this image that you just mentioned that is showing well-being for our people in our workforce, business leaders, change makers, entrepreneurs, executives. And I just think everybody loves a good image. So it's broken into three, body, mind, and spirit. And then the body has six sections, as you mentioned. The mind has six sections. And the spirit has six six sections. Of course, we're integrated wholes. Of course, you know, you spending time with your child tonight could fulfill, you know, a relationship spoke, the intimacy spoke. And it could also be a spirit-lifting hobby. So there's a blend and sort of 
diversion into two different um, benefits on the well-being scale. But I think it's just easier for people to get a grip on if you separate it for them and let them know there's just these different aspects of it. It's really hard to pin down what well-being really is, especially for someone like me back then who was really desperate to figure it out and really had my life on the line. I see. So rather than have a sort of float as a miasma, you're you're saying here here's some linchpins that you can grab on, and it allows, of course, the disciplines to hitch onto them. So that's yeah, well said. That, that, that makes that makes a lot of good sense. Uh, you talk uh, and and while you you have the individual uh, spokes and so forth, you talk insistently about customization, personalizing <laughs> the, the these solutions. Uh, and uh, I mean, your your book stands filled with recipes for everything from hydration to meditation, but. Uh, Tell us about this customization. How how do I customize it, and why is it so vital? I think we have to customize our own well-being protocol because we're all completely different. Now, granted, we all have a human body, and that's what's neat about this well-being wheel. If any of your listeners want to see what we're talking about, there's a live version of it on MeganMcNeely.com for everybody to look at. Um, it looks like a bike spoke. Um, but what is so in, uh, and so on this wheel, um, the spokes represent something that would help really any human. They're kind of undeniably right. useful, like get enough sleep. I mean, things that we nobody's debating anymore. Eat a healthy diet, get enough sleep, um, yeah, yeah, meditate. Right. You know, hone your focus. You know, all these things that could benefit you. But what's really important in the secret sauce of my work is the customization. Now, if we were talking about a car, it would be very obvious that most cars need oil changes. Most cars need service. (laughs) But the way you would service a Ford F-150 is really different than you would a Tesla, you know, Model S. So, um, because they're really different. And the same is true with people. And, and when I say that, most people understand. Like, for instance, what's a spirit-lifting hobby for you, Bart? Right, right. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, like, I, and what's one for me? You know, and, right. and what would lift you is completely different than what might lift my spirit. Um, what type of exercise? That's what my wife keeps really telling am- me. What, what, what makes me happy <laughs> is somewhere between different and totally absurd. Uh, but, yes, yes, I <laughs> Give, it, give us an example. No, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you bring up that point. I'm glad it's it's one of the the main parts of the book. And as a matter of fact, I, I'd like to sort of challenge you with a little uh, point on this customization. Get get some example. Your book bulges with uh, successful folks who are seeking more and seeking well-being through it. But uh, how about this guy? How about Jim? who, despite being one of the most capable software designers in all of the Golden State, he can't seem to just can't seem to build the necessary markets and relationships to pull his firm out of the red. And Jim wants to concentrate more, particularly on his spiritual well-being. So, Megan, uh, just how would, uh, how do you think Jim might want to begin to customize his spirit and, and the spokes within? Okay, so basically Jim is looking for an improvement in relationships, Mm -hmm. it sounds like. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. yeah. So, yes. So what I think, um, if he's interested in, in building relationships, what I think can also help him as far as customization is really um, 
you know, obviously reaching out to others, clearly. Um, but also yeah. this other part of well-being, which is, is um, customizing this for himself, it, which is crafting self-expression. So if he's someone uh-huh. who's really struggling in this area and um, right. he's trying to build, you know, build these necessary markets, but he's really, you said he's trying to focus more on spiritual well-being. Um, I right. think that you know, really thinking into who is he really, what does he really have to offer, and really getting clear uh, on that might be very helpful so that when he does have that connection, when he does sit down to coffee, when he does do that presentation, he's ultra clear about what he offers. Because if you're saying he's struggling and in the red and just really having difficulty right. reaching the market, I think it's almost a customization issue related to uh, who he is and what his value is in the market. Ah, okay. So that might be an interesting Very place good. to start. I don't know, just as yeah, a thought. Yeah. Um, and then certainly with the relationships, I think that we are all um, moving so quickly that I think one of the biggest things that we can do and offer people is time. And what I've really felt in the last year and a half is time in in person, looking at someone's eyes. I realized this part Mm -hmm. when I'm driving with my daughters in the car. I don't look at them (laughs) in the eye. I actually don't. And it's been really interesting. I've been trying, you know, as we go to dinner, to really look them in the eye. And they're so used to being on their phones that it is actually a little bit, I can tell, a little bit uncomfortable for them to make eye contact. Yeah. And I would say to your, your person here, Jim, if he's having trouble with relationships, you know, that can be one of the easiest things to do as far as connection goes is to really be present with who you're, who you're seeking to uh, do business with. Um, really look them in the eye because that way you're yeah. able to read body contact, so many clues about, you know, are they uncomfortable? Is that a weird question? Are they getting what I'm saying? Are they understanding no. what I offer? Do they understand my individual um, self and what I have here? That's what I would suggest. I, you know, that's, that's so true because we really are. There are uh, we've had body uh, language experts on the show, but we really each are body language experts. We know uh, yeah, from we do. When we're with somebody, we, we register the mood. I think it's great, and I'm so glad you particularly talked about looking in the eye. It reminds me of the time I was driving down through uh, a Bible Belt state, and there was this huge billboard that said, Do you love your Jesus? And underneath it said, Text while you drive and meet him. I always love that. Uh, <laughs> because we we do spend a lot of we, – we, there is a seduction of moving, and it goes back into predator and prey, which we won't waste time on. But I, I'm so glad that you brought that up. If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time floats shamelessly across the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download – this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And as an added avenue, you may also enjoy all our Art of the CEO episodes on the C-Suite Radio.com. We are proud members of C-Suite, where masterful business advice comes really with a high ROI of entertainment and profit. So join us also on C-Suite Radio.com. Megan, one of the elements... Uh, 
I that, that you just talked about with Jim, and it's something I've, that you mentioned frequently in your book, is your emphasis on assessing uh, yourself, your your personal routine, your habits, your activity, your forkful forkful intake, even your thoughts. Uh, could you um, could you just give us a couple you couple of uh, ways that perhaps as we take a tour around our, ourselves that we don't assess ourselves, some of the ways we, we forget, some of the things we forget to uh, assess. Oh, absolutely. So, and, and just for your listeners to know, the reason I took this so seriously, this initial assessment, is because during my career rise, stress and striving crushed my health. I had two mm. autoimmune diseases, um, rheumatoid arthritis right, and right. chronic kidney disease. And then I soon after was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Now, keep in mind, I was mm. giving keynote speeches at my major corporation, um, <laughs> even though I was sick behind the scenes. And so I started a hero's journey to turn around my health with everything I had. I was literally, we were talking about a car analogy, I was literally broken down on the side of the road, pushing my own car, so to speak. And so this initial assessment you mentioned is, was very important to me because I thought I need to save my life. I need to continue to right. be a mom to my two daughters. I don't want to leave work. And there's many listeners um, who can relate to this. You know, you've created a legacy at work, and you don't want to step aside and take time off to deal with a health crisis, I thought I'm going to heal myself while I'm working. So what I decided to do is behind the scenes, look at every single thing I was doing in my free time. And believe me, Bart, when I tell you I had every bad habit that anyone could possibly, people say, why were you that sick? Well, I tell you why. You sound exactly like my kind of woman. Every single thing I could possibly have done wrong, I was doing wrong in my free time. And so in my free time, rather, you know, rather than like, you know, our Olympic athletes, you know, treat their bodies like mm. gold. And, of course, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they shine with gold medals. The odd thing that's right, happening uh, in our workforces is that we treat our body like garbage, and then we expect it to yeah. perform like an Olympic athlete the next day. So what I was doing yeah. in the morning is getting giant coffee and grabbing a scone at a coffee shop. I was skipping lunch, having a Diet Coke instead having a, maybe a bag of Cheetos from the um, – and, and believe me, I had plenty of money to go buy something. I just felt too busy. No, no, but we uh, all fall into these out. routines. Oh, and you think it's just this week, Bart. That's the issue, that, that we think it's just this week that I'm going to have a glass of wine every night because it's been so difficult and I've been so good all day that I'm going to be bad tonight. And then we sit with a big, giant, comfy meal like – um, mac and cheese and a couple glasses of wine, and we watch Netflix till two in the morning, and then we expect that we're going to okay. actually act like a CEO the next day. And that's what I am trying to really uh, drive home with people: is that that's not your highest potential. You will crash down with that protocol, and I learned that the hard way. But what I'm interested in is what can we do behind the scenes so that we rise up instead. Yeah. Looking right. at your I, uh, I think that's food intake, and, and you can't tell it. Spirit. Right, and you can't tell Sorry, if you're not right. if you don't assess it and go through it. So that's great. Well, exactly. Uh, there's a, a another thing that I, I just thought uh, I really wanted to kudos to give you kudos, be, uh, because for your uh, part of your assessment is is that you boldly address 
your connection with a higher power and anything that that whiffs of religion is i know a very touchy subject but um and i'm but i'm going to come come at you uh, here on this one in your higher power connectivity as as i see in the book it seems to me like you're sort of doing an old an old testament biblical promise you know follow the law and the wealth and the pharisees and the great and uh and greater success will be yours in this life right now and if you don't have it you're doing something wrong son and i think that's fine and i'm i'm i, I actually believe uh that that what you've just said about the, the benefits of assessing and, and acting, but do you see any other benefits for reaching out for that higher power? Well, what I do, you know, again, I'm very, very focused on customization for whatever works for a person who's right. reading it. Because for some people, you know, and I, I do actually speak about how um, my original religious upbringing didn't resonate with me. Um, so yeah. I, I thought, um, you know, various uh, Buddhist paths and um, Hindu and all sorts of other different things. Um, so for me, that's different. What I think is the essential core here is that someone think for a moment, if they can connect to anything larger than themselves. Now, when I say right. higher power, I mean, is there something that you can connect to? It, and maybe it's not spiritual at all. Maybe it's nature, that, you know what, right, when you're out right. in nature, you realize that you are yet a tiny speck on a giant planet, and you have reverence. All I'm looking for in this moment for someone, and I think the reason I, I think it's important, I think it, it brings forth well-being. I think having reverence for nature, I think having reverence for God, or having uh, a belief that your life has a purpose, I think is very well-being driven. And so that's why I have it in there. I think it is important, and I don't think it's talked about enough, certainly not, you know, in corporate circles, because you're right, it's an absolutely touchy subject. But that's why I just say a higher power. I don't designate if it has to be God or a different, you know, a specific religion or anything. It totally depends on the person, but I think it could certainly benefit anyone. I like the term you use, reverence, because what that is saying, Mm. that is when I have reverence, for nature, for instance, uh, that's taking me outside of myself. And I think that there are 3,000 persuasive messages today that are pushing me, that want me to uh, vote by, uh, put this deodorant under my arms. They are all putting me back into myself, focusing on myself. Mm -hmm. And we have lost the ability, I think, not we have not lost, but we are letting slip away from us that great treasure of reverence which is taking outside yourself. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. That's really well said, Bart. I, I think it's, uh, and I'm so glad that, that you bring it up and, and handle it that way. Megan's going to continue spinning the uh, well-disciplined wheel of well-being, bring it full circle advantageously for you right after. Uh, you and I take a brief uh, sorbet from today's Feast of Wisdom uh, <clears throat> and allow me to offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind you that the good Lord has gifted you individually with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you look uh at the process and the routine of your day and say, do I really enjoying this? Am I finding fulfillment? Or 
Am I merely putting my head down and enduring it to gain some far and distant goal? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. As a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So I thumb through this, and as we waddle about a bit here, oh, here we go, here we go. Here's number 64. This this will fit. Uh, John just beat me out of the department head slot. He has an MBA and blonde hair. My career coach suggested I dye my hair. So what do you think, Megan? Are are we business folks too often chasing the wrong features, even if they belong to the right models? Yeah, I would certainly say that's a very uh, a very lowbrow uh, business coach there, <laughs> because uh, you know. I, I mean, because you know, just because um, you know, uh, I would have an MBA too, um, you know, so I'd be competing uh, against that person. And you know, I right. really think, um, you know, what we need to do, uh, you know, my response, you know, would be certainly my greatest power is in my individuality. So oh, to have someone tell me to dye my hair would be one of the most <laughs> Um, like against my, every message I have, um, yeah, because yes. I would have spent the time cultivating this, let's call it a brand, you know, really all of yeah, us are yeah. like a brand and my, you know, I keep telling my daughters this who, you know, see in school, they're in high school, you know, everybody tries to dress the same. Well, I think it's actually advantageous to have cultivated and that's part you know there's a whole chapter on this in my book on crafting self-expression um being who you are if you are a an outspoken person making sure that that is business appropriate and to your advantage um you know if, if i didn't get that promotion i would certainly uh walk into the that office with an open heart and a curious mind and find out what, what I was lacking to yeah. not get that promotion just out of curiosity. I, cause I, yeah. I want to be the best I can be. I want to move forward. And, you know, for all I know, that door that closed was a blessing. I don't know. Actually, I think that's that's a that's a wise solution. And uh, at this point, we're going to say that uh, Megan has just come up with a timeless truth of business, and that we are going to call our quill pen moment. So I'd like everyone there to dip their pen in the inkwell and write down that there are that there are people out there who whom you can ask and find answers and solutions to help you along your path. Megan was saying the boss, and I'm really glad that she that she brought that up for us. So scribble that down with your quill pen, my friend. And uh, well, my own afterthought on that was that, you know, both Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, they both wore glasses. And uh, so is it time to get your eye checked? And I'd say probably yes, because your inner eye needs to find your personal strengths. So it's much of what you were saying. Oh, but anyway, if you smirked a bit over that quip, we've got them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 best business quips, and your joviality quotient will rise, shattering the grim visages of your fellow wage slaves at work. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the last week's business quotation. That is the name of the individual who said, Adversity has ever been considered the state in which a man most e- easily becomes acquainted with himself. 
those words were spoken by none other than the master of England's uh, literati in the 18th century, the Scott driving Dr. Samuel Johnson. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, be, uh, right? Because later on in the show, blurting away, is going to come another enriching quotation. And if you know the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And Megan McNeely will continue leveraging our success with the cultivation of uh, your well being uh, right after I introduce you to the company by whose good graces we are all here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing. And this week, the folks at Prometheus would proudly like to announce. Uh, their Prometheus Social Enterprise Awards video. For those of you who were uh, with us there on uh, September 19th at Fairleigh Dickinson University's Hennessy Mansion uh, for the awards, we celebrated the top social entrepreneurs from around the globe. Everyone there felt an air of unmatched excitement. Six of the eight honorees came before the audience, shared their electrifying energy, showing the power of the individual to create an inventive enterprise that is transforming our world for the better. These are the new role models. These are the people you need to see and your children need to see. And now you can. For free, you can view these Torchbearer Talks on video. Just visit bartsbooks.com and click on Prometheus Awards and you will see each of the 10-minute talks in which they outline the practical tactics for rejuvenating a city, uh, halting the rape and pillage of war, rescuing victims of human trafficking, just amazing people. And you can go to that site and you can download that and share it with the people about whom you care a lot. Bartsbooks.com. Carpe diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now with utensils in hand, let's breathe deeply and attune our minds back to Megan McNeely as she takes us into a state of bolstering well-being. Megan, every good wheel uh, and business requires flexibility. And I was just thinking of this. um, I'd like to challenge you. Uh, Recently, a study has come up with a whole new outlook on the dangers and benefits of eating meat. Now, it's not debate that issue or science, but when studies like this lead us to new pathways, how does Megan's reinvented wheel help us accommodate and take them in? Oh, thanks for the question. That's great. So this wheel is basic framework, um, and Mm -hmm. customizations can always change. I like to say well-being is a lifestyle. This is not a trend. This is not something that you're going to try this week and then not worry about next week. Well, being is something that we're going to think about every day for the rest of our life. So many of us want to be at our top potential. Yeah, we all want to be um, learning. One of the (laughs) folks on the wheel is prioritized personal growth. So there may be Uh uh, something that comes across. Uh, you know, like, let's just say a new interesting hobby that could lift your spirit by all means. Add that as a customization to that spoke of your wheel. There may be a new breakfast drink that you decide, oh, wow, that, that really gives me terrific energy. It just came out. Well, that's a wonderful customization for you. So it's an evolved yeah. process. And our wheel could, it's going to be the same structure, the same 18 different ideas or the framework. 
but our spokes mm-hmm. will change as we get older, as we learn more, and I'm creating communities around this work where we're all sharing customizations. Um, on social media, I share customizations all the time of things I've come across, my favorite new green tea, um, or things of that sort, so other people could say, oh, I'm adding that, that's terrific. It's not meant to have people be overwhelmed by it. It's more just to offer ideas because what, again, I say resonates with certain people um, may not resonate with somebody else. I'm not a big fan of, like, protein, um, you know, uh, powders, for instance, but a lot of people love them, and it's it's wonderful for them. So I, I embrace it all. I it, it's it's so true and I think you're you're right the again coming back to your individuality but also the sharing of the gospel gospel is good news gospel is many many things and uh the fact that you're having people say here's what works for me and with the mm-hmm. open ended obvious assumption that uh try and experiment and see if it works for you that's, that's fabulous Megan you yeah. mentioned your wise grandmother Bertie and I I love this she, she had this sort of boundless positivity, as you, as you put it, that greeted all your exuberant plans and ideas, always listening, but never judging, and just showing interest. Mm. Um, all the well-being aside, isn't this really just an excellent tactic for executives to employ to encourage innovation from all corners of the firm, right? You know, I believe so. One of my favorite leaders is Jeff Weiner from um, LinkedIn, and he says mm-hmm. that one of his greatest strengths is leading with compassion and um, really being able to look at the person across from you, across the desk, and seeing their humanity and um, their individuality. And I love that openness, that lack of judgment. Now, clearly, if you're a leader and somebody is not performing at work, that's a different story. But I think that we're in an era now of inclusion, diversity, um, especially in our workforces. There's giant um, divisions of firms now devoted to that uh, concept and um, initiative. And what we're really seeing, you know, we're really seeing is, is talent emerge when people are allowed to be who they really are when they're allowed in these are different aspects of well-being to speak their truth, to hone their focus, to offer ideas, to offer their perspective, um, then, then um, all sorts of uh, creativity emerges. That's what I experienced with Bertie. I'm so glad you mentioned her. She was amazing. And uh, anything I was interested in, interested her, whether it was Tibetan bowls or traveling to Egypt. I took a hieroglyphics mm-hmm. class once. She thought it was fantastic. Um, and oh, and it, she was it there is. I've done that. to support me, you know, and, um, you know, clearly it's very difficult. There's a difference between being a boss and a parent, um, you know, clearly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but I think it's important in your life to have people that support the positive aspects of who you are becoming. Um, you know, clearly, if it's something negative you're doing to harm yourself or, or hurt your well-being, you hope your best friends point that out to you. Hey, Megan, yeah. I see you're not your best with this new habit of yours or whatever that happens to be. But having people who Support what you do, and, and unconditional love, Bart, is so rare. It is so rare. Uh, it's so rare, really, and I think people think are, for, it. for two reasons, people are 
people are afraid to ask. Uh, I'm afraid to come up and and, and ask, say, Megan, uh, how, how do I look? How am I doing? But it's also people are are afraid to say just what you said. Uh, you know, Megan, I don't think that uh, thing. I know you're working on something new, and I don't just from the looks. I don't think it's working for you. People are very very scared to do that, and that comes back to the relationship building that you talked about with Jim. It's, it's so oh, important. For sure. I have someone. Who's uh, who's willing to do that? I of course I have a wife who can tell me everything I do wrong, but sometimes but I uh, also <laughs> have some people who, who can um, tell me uh, when I've done something right. It, it's not much of a job. It's it's only it's uh, only on rare occasions, but it's uh, no seriously. I think it's so important that we find those people in our lives. I'm glad you bring that up. Right. I've got a, I've got a quick. Uh, we're, we're running out of time, but I have a I have a case study. I'd like to just sort of put this to you. Um, let's say that I am because it reminds me a little bit of of what you said you were doing, and it, but uh, but you were you had great success at it. So let's just say let's look at the well being the, the well being wheel and uh, mm-hmm. rolling along along here. And let's say I'm a mid middle uh, a mid level manager. I'm in a construction firm. Where I've been floating around for several years, I'm I'm interested but not overly excited uh, about my job, which is handling the new client, new client managing for for various projects. My career rises but sluggishly, and I'm not plunging to despair. But but by 3 p.m., I begin to sort of looking forward to the work day's end. Uh, in short, things are okay, but I re reinvent the wheel, and I think there's more. I'm overwhelmed. How do I begin? I think for this, um, I would certainly coach this person if they're working at a large construction firm and they're floating around. So I'm thinking about having them, first of all, get grounded around what they like to do. Is there anything at the construction firm that excites them? I mean, they've been there for Uh a while. So is there anything there? Is there a different job that they think would be a lot more fun? I mean, we find many people are at corporations, and they're actually, it's a great company for them to be at. They're just in the wrong job. They're actually not not client-facing, but they're so sociable, they actually should be. Or opposite, um, I was just actually coaching someone yesterday. And he said, I could never do what you do. And I said, why? Because um, I'm in a you know, front-facing client position. He said, I am an analyst, Megan. I just want to hide in the back room. And I said, exactly, then you really need to pursue the analyst role we have at our, at our company. <clears throat> so we're really, yeah. this is about knowing yourself. And, the, you know, I have to respect the fact this pro- person probably still needs his job. So until he can figure out, you know, where would his, is there any way his spirit could soar more at this place? That's what I'd try and figure out. And then I'd mention it to a manager. You know, I'm, hey, I'm doing my job. I've been here many years. I know you guys value me. But I'm wondering if you might give me a shot doing this other job. Or, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, I uh-huh. certainly don't want to sound naive, but, um, you know, depending on the company and what kind of structure that is, it may not be the best idea. Yeah. But, um, you know, we always well, want to we, – we need extraordinary, Bart. We don't want to live a mediocre life. Right, absolutely. Better one brief hour of glory than an endless age without a name. Uh, that, I uh, pre, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I love that. Uh, 
Megan, uh, you talked about coaching. Uh, if I am wise and I realize that there is more for me and I want personal coaching, it, how, do I, how do I go about contacting you and getting that, getting on your, oh, on sure. your help list? Oh, absolutely. So um, I have a private email, and I'm happy to give it to everyone. It's very easy to remember. It's Megan at MeganMcNeely.com. One of my favorite things is chatting with people and hearing about their well-being and helping them leverage it for success in life and work. And the great place to start is the book. I mean, that is literally the guidebook to everything, every secret. If I had had that book, I never would have been sick. I never would have suffered. It's the book I wish I had 12 years ago um, when I uh, started my well-being journey. But good news, I do not have any of the diseases anymore, thank goodness. And um, it's helped me so much with success. Um, as well, and I, I do believe there's a new leader in our midst that is leading from a core of well-being. I interview 18 leaders in the book um, who are all so inspiring, um, who've mastered these different aspects to kind of flesh out and bring it to life for us. What would it look like if it was done well? And um, so I am here, and I, uh, they can contact me on social media too, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the usual. And I'm delighted. Okay, to and now I understand, anyone. Megan, that you're that you've just had one domestic and one international book launch. Uh, let me see. I guess uh, could you tell us? Uh, and I hope uh, I hope they've gone well. Tell us how we can get a copy of your action plan packed reinvent the wheel. Terrific. Thanks. Um, you can purchase the book where all fine books are sold. You can also buy it online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indie Books. And 800 CEO Read is now Porchlight Books. Porchlight took them over. So any of those four places as well. I cannot wait to hear what your listeners think of this book. <laughs> well, I'm sure they will uh, respond in kind. Some of, most of them are very bizarre, and uh, so you can be prepared for some bizarre <laughs> comments. After all, it's it's uh, there's we we have marvelous guests, but uh, it, it is there is sort of a, a, an odd strain that seems to flow through. Perhaps it's dependent on the host. At any rate, uh, I thank you <laughs> so much for coming <laughs> on. <laughs> yes. Actually, my my sister once said, she says, you know, it's amazing how many marvelous people you have on the show, particularly when you consider the host. I thought that was a, a loving touch. <laughs> that's, that's, you probably have a chapter on family in there, but we'll, we'll – uh, nonetheless. Yes, I uh, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, right. that's safe. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, Megan, this has been a delight. I, I really, really hope uh, that, that uh, all the, the, the people do read the book and they, and they do take something out of it. And again, you can contact Megan personally as, as she is just uh, at uh, Megan at McNeely.com. So, uh, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I so appreciate it. This has been so much fun. You're fabulous. <laughs> very kind. Thank you very much. And so as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who is it who said, if I had to live my life in anticipation of what others thought of me, very little would get done. And uh, as a hint, the author of this was an American singer, songwriter, is uh, an American singer, songwriter, comedian, columnist of avant 
matters. Uh, radio listeners may remember his Harmony in My Head. TV viewers may remember Jackass. Uh, and remember also that if you know the name of this, uh, the author of this quote, just scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life and career igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, there are two kinds of authorities. Those who proclaim new pathways of success and those who have carved out that success for themselves, listen to them both with the appropriate grains of salt. And to you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Megan and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this on all our shows simply by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally to you who have honored us with your time. May I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.